0: Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Alright everyone, wherever you are and however you may be listening, welcome to our NFL Draft Preview Mock Draft Show For Ernie, I'm Monty. Together, we are the sports rivals based here in Honolulu, Hawaii. Ernie, before we get into the NFL mock draft, we got to talk a little bit of NBA. But before even that, congratulations to the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team. They defeat UC Irvine in four sets last night at UC Irvine, although you could not tell by the fan crowd there was... 75% 75% Hawaii in a nearly sold out <laughs> arena. The Hawaii fans showed out. They win in four sets to win the Big West Championship in back to back years. Now they are the number two seed. UCLA gets the number one seed, even if Hawaii is ranked number one. Even if Hawaii beat UCLA, UCLA is number one in the RPI, get the number one seed. Hawaii's number two. They're home now. They go back to Fairfax, Virginia. May 4th is the semifinals. They get a free pass into the semifinal round. Their likely opponent, Penn State, who beat Hawaii about a month and a half ago here in Honolulu. So Hawaii looks like they're going to have to beat Penn State and the winner of Long Beach State and UCLA. It's going to be a grind. That's a lot of great volleyball there. Um, But congratulations to the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team. Big wish, chaps, on their way to a three-peat, hopefully. (laughs) All right, let's let's jump into briefly the NBA. Of course, it is the NBA playoffs. We are going to focus on the draft, but we do want to spend around five or ten minutes just kind of highlighting certain things. Some of the things expected, the Sixers rolled uh, four straight over Brooklyn despite uh, Embiid's injury in the last game he's now 50% questionable to be ready for the Celtics. And I say the Celtics who took a commanding three to one lead today. I think that's going to end in five. Uh, they're going to be motivated not to let the Sixers rest excessively. They're going to be motivated to get that finished off. So I think that's that's going to end pretty quickly. Um, two surprises though. I think 3 1 Knicks after four, I did not see coming. Me neither. They're playing tremendous defense and they're shutting down the Cleveland Cavaliers in two straight games. Brunson's doing his thing. And today, Tom Thibodeau, a lot of guts, benched Julius Randle for I'm not sure exactly why, but he benched them and they still prevailed. So you talk about getting the attention of your team. If you bench your all-NBA caliber forward, your two-time all-star, you better take him seriously.
1: Yeah, he 3-1. I mean, yeah, he wasn't doing anything. I'm, 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 I'm surprised with that. Normally, if you told me that Julius Randle would be sitting out that long for, for what he did, I would say easy win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But the problem with the Cavaliers is they cannot produce any offense. You would figure that... Um, with the uh, with Allen and Mobley in there, that uh, you know the the paint points would be productive. It has been exactly the opposite. The Knicks have been shutting them down uh, inside the paint. Terrific defense, but we all knew that Thibodeau was that defensive style of coach. Uh, Cleveland, if they lose this series, are going to do some serious shopping in regards to one of those big men. I would figure it would be Allen to get more production from that side of the ball because you got two excellent defenders out there that can't really give you points.
0: And that's surprising. I would expect Mobley in his maturation process offensively, he had a decent-looking shot back at USC, but it's just not happening. And you have a day... The last game, they were ice cold to start the game. Everyone was. And then today, you have a second half where Donovan Mitchell goes one for nine. His two points comes at the end of the game. It was too little, too late. And the Knicks and the pandemonium at the Madison Square Garden. That fans were going crazy. I still expect that Cleveland will bounce back to win game five back in Cleveland. But it could be the Knicks are going to put this out in 6 games. I give the Cavaliers a puncher's chance,
1: but right now the Knicks clearly look to be the better team. Oh yeah, I mean 3-1 lead it's what do they say 94 95% uh, likelihood that if you take a 3-1 uh, lead that you're going to win this series. I don't see it, I just don't see anything on Cleveland's side that is going to tell me that they're going to beat those odds. Uh, I mean it's it's been prevalent through this whole series that they just can't score enough points unless uh, you know, unless both Garland uh, and Mitchell, and go, Mitchell off. go off, and uh, you like like today, I mean, you didn't have to have a big game from Julius Randle. I mean, Brunson alone, not Brunson alone, but you know, Brunson. RJ Barrett enough. had a big yeah. game.
0: He had two straight good games he in did. New York. So the Knicks three one. The other surprise. Um, Miami Heat still up 2-1 on the box Giannis still has not played um, I gotta think there's gonna be a sense of urgency to have him play in game four because you don't wanna go down 3-1 I, I know you have the confidence that you can overcome this but when you go down 3-1 anything can happen oh, yeah. so I think they're gonna be fully motivated if he can't go in, in game four then he's much more injured than he's? they're letting out I think after game two they thought ah we can win this. You know, Tyler Hero's out. We can win a game three. And and it wasn't even that close. Yeah. yeah. Um, Miami prevailed pretty easily. It's a big game four because if they go down 3-1, it's going to be trouble for them. Oh, yeah. And so that's, that's I think, that's the surprise. But you, you kind of see Giannis's value. Yeah, you do. That one game where they shot crazy lights out and scored 80-something points, they won. Other than that, they can't. They're struggling to string together stuff, get the necessary stops, get the rebounds.
1: Uh, they're a different team without Giannis. Oh, definitely. I mean, like you said, that uh, the aberration in game two was just crazy. I mean, I saw those shots. That is not... The law of averages had to uh, take play, uh, and it did so in game three. Shots weren't falling like they were in game two, and I would be shocked if Giannis doesn't play in game Game four. I, I, I mean, and we'll see, because if he is injured... Uh, we won't see the, you know, the, the true, the true yeah, explosive yeah. Giannis. And if they lose that one with Giannis playing, I'll be a happy man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, because I, mean, I don't think, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think if Giannis plays that, uh, <laughs> he, if he plays poorly, I just don't think he's going to get well enough for the duration of the series to, you know, win three in a row. To save that series yeah
0: this is setting up nicely for ernie and his celtics because they're right now the most healthy of the elite teams by by a mile uh and if you have Embiid <clears throat> suffering any kind of lingering effects they have no prayer against the celtics and if Giannis can't go they have no prayer against the celtics so ernie is sitting pretty right now Sitting around his house, guys, with voodoo dolls of Embiid <laughs> and Giannis and needles, poking them constantly. Actually, Ernie's the type of confident dude that he wants them <laughs> healthy, and he still thinks the Celtics will take them out. That's yeah, sure. so yeah. right. Let's move over to the West, where the number one seed, uh, Denver, they're up 3-0. They are trailing, entering the fourth quarter right now as we record, 80-74, to 74 as the Timberwolves try to stay alive. Uh, but Denver seems to be in control of that series. Um the three seed, I think the best series so far, bar none, is the Sacramento Kings oh, yeah. and Golden State. Oh, yeah. Sacramento, we talked about this last time. They held serve, waiting the first two games in, in Sacramento. <clears throat> they went back home. Draymond gets suspended for game three. It did not matter. Golden State played well offensively and defensively. Won that game pretty handily. Today's game comes down To the last second, 126-125, Golden State hangs on despite a bonehead Chris Webber-like timeout by Steph Curry when they were up five with 32 seconds left, gave Sacramento a four-point play, making it a ball game, and Harrison Barnes narrowly missed a shot at the buzzer that would have put Sacramento up 3-1. But it's two-two, shifting
1: back to Sacramento. Yeah, and uh, Steph Curry must be like on the ground kneeling right now, uh, thanking thanking everybody that uh, his uh, <clears throat> mental blunder didn't destroy him because that was a terrible shot, a terrible play on the last play. I mean, Harrison Barnes up to that point was one for six from three, terrible shooting game for him. Uh, I don't know why they didn't go for a two-point shot. At least try. To, if you're not going to hit the shot, at least go in hard, get the foul, tie it. At least get one free throw, if anything. Uh, terrible play. I think the Golden State Warriors are lucky to be two. I still pick them. They're going to go back to Sacramento. Nothing shows me that. I mean, even though Golden State has tied it up, and uh, I still think I'm I'm sticking with my prediction from last week. I like the. I like the Sacramento Kings to come out of this six five. Well, that'd be I mean, six, six. I mean, in six games. Is,
0: okay, so one of the clear things I think right now is that De'Aaron Fox is an absolute stud. Oh yeah, he's a superstar. They put the ball in his hands. Brilliant defense, though, by Draymond and, and Steph, forced him to get rid of the ball because if he had gotten a shot off, he had made every single shot. <laughs> I mean, he, there's a reason why he won the clutch, clutch player of yeah. the year. He has been phenomenal down the stretch. It's 2-2, it's gonna be fireworks. Um, All I can say is that at the end of this series, I'm hoping it goes seven, they wear each other out, and somehow, my Lakers they will win. knock off the Memphis Grizzlies and then get a tired Sacramento or Golden State team in the next round. So, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. They won game one last week. We talked about that. They kind of, John Moran doesn't play in game two, they come out flat. <clears throat> they lose game two. Dylan Brooks, a little bit of a lipping at the end of the game worrying about poking the bear yesterday the lakers come out with a 35 to 9 first quarter and then hold on per se to win by 10 with john morant going for 45 including 22 a row in the fourth quarter but the lakers played well and did enough to hang on late if the lakers come out with that kind of energy again in the next game I like the Lakers'
1: chances to go up 3-1. I do, too. I, 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 and I think if Lakers, whoever the Lakers match up in the second round, I think they're going to win. They, to me, uh, the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors just don't match up with, you know, LeBron and AD out, out there. I mean, it's going to have to be an injury-plagued series, in my opinion, for the Lakers to to lose against those two teams. We've seen on the Golden State side that now we know why this version of Golden State is this version of Golden State. They can't play defense. I mean, I I alluded to this a week ago that the difference between Sacramento's defense, which everybody said was poor, and Golden State's defense is marginal. And that's why they're in this series. The Lakers' defense is way better than each of these teams. And in my opinion, that's that's uh, to me, uh, it's an eventual uh, matchup between the Lakers and Denver for that Western Conference championship. Well, I hope you're right, because, you know,
0: with my Lakers, it's been a roller coaster ride all season long. And just when you feel good about game one, they lay an egg in game two. Right. They've I feel good about game three. Can they put it together in back-to-back games? That's the thing. It's key for the Lakers to go up 3-1. Because if they if it's 2-2, I think advantage Memphis again uh, because they go home for two of the last three games. And even if not, I still think it's going to go 7. And with the Lakers' old legs from the two stars, it's imperative that they they play hard and win the series as quickly as possible. Um They look good last night. Hopefully, they can do the same thing on Monday. In the last series, again, the Clippers being the Clippers, Kawhi being Kawhi. um, He plays game two with a sprained knee. All of a sudden, it gets worse. He sits out game three. He sits out game four. It's now inevitably doesn't look like he's going to come back. No, Looks like the Suns are going to advance. I think the Suns are lucky because... As much as Russell Westbrook was a disaster in the Lakers, at least in terms of the chemistry and the results, he has been phenomenal for the Clippers yeah, in this series. He, he kept them alive. He's playing out of his mind. He is the antithesis of Kawhi Leonard. He will give you everything he has every single game, irregardless, with so much heart. And Kawhi is like, ah, I'm good. I'm out I I don't feel like playing game three and four that's my problem with Kawhi has been my problem with Kawhi for years and years and years and if I'm Steve Ballmer I'm cutting ties already I mean if I can get something of value for Kawhi he hasn't been available in the playoffs for three years in a row why keep him maybe flip him into Zion and two frustrated <laughs> owners can swap headaches. But it really looks like, I mean, Devin Booker's playing out of his mind, playing, out playing KD at this point in time. Uh, not that KD is playing bad. I still don't think Phoenix has the depth to to advance very far. I agree with you now. I kind of changed my mind. I think if Denver can hold on and if they stay motivated, Denver's going to be a tough matchup uh, for for the Phoenix Suns in the second round. But as of right now, at best, Denver is going to be up 3-1 after today. They're still trailing in the fourth quarter in a close game. Um, Lakers and Memphis, 2-1. Suns up 3-1 uh, in that one. And that's and then the, the best series of all, Golden, Golden State, State and Sacramento at 2-2. So that's kind of where we are in the playoffs so far. Yeah. Um, Kind of not what we expected. Some kind of what we expected. Other kind of surprises. One thing we always talked about. Injuries definitely playing a significant role so far in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, yeah,
1: because I think Sacramento would be up 3-1 if Kawhi was... Uh, healthy, even without Paul George, I think. Or the cl- the Clippers would be up three-one. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Clippers would be up yeah, I mean, three-one. Kawhi was brilliant in the first two games. Oh, yeah, they they only lost by four in game three, mm-hmm. and then today's game with, uh, you know, they they were in it. Even, I think they lost by ten, but anyways, they were in it all the way until mm-hmm. towards in, towards the end. Yeah, Phoenix right now, I'm telling you right now, the, everybody's licking their chops at Phoenix. Just run them, run them, run them. They have no depth.
0: Yeah, they have no depth. Especially, you know, um, with Chris Paul falling off a cliff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Phoenix is going to have a a struggle to try to make it into the NBA finals like many had predicted. All right, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. We are the sports rivals. And now we're going to get serious about the NFL. L draft. So we're going to do our mock draft right now. And again, the way we pick, it is not who we think's going to be picked, it's who we would pick. And, uh, and of course, we are influenced by what we hear, but I think one thing's for sure, Ernie and I were talking about this yesterday off the air that in recent memory, this draft is completely wide open. To this day, you can look at some mock drafts, although I think the general consensus is Bryce Young will go one. Mm-hmm. But there are still people that have other people going in that number one slot. You kind of never see that. But if you if you were to pull up 20 of the top mock drafts that you would ordinarily take a look at and compare their drafts, they are so different. I mean, some hugely different. Some have people going number two in the draft others have that person not even drafted in the first round. So it's going to be completely chaotic. So, my point in telling you this, don't be writing down all our picks and taking it to Las Vegas to bet on that. Right. This is our opinions on what should happen. So,
1: Ernie, are you ready? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm I'm, I'm pretty much but uh, I'll echo your sentiments and and a lot of this is we're going in draft order no trades. Yeah. No trades. Yeah, I mean, that would be too too difficult at this point to try to guess trades,
0: although we know trades are going to happen. But we're going to go straight generic, straight vanilla, 1 through 31, on who we think it, what's going to happen. So you go first, Ernie. Carolina Panthers select. Bryce Young. I agree. I mean, I think at this point in time, there's no consensus. Ernie is not a fan of any quarterback from Ohio State, Uh CJ Stroud had some bad news this week that he scored. He didn't score very well on that processing test. And I think that's really all that people needed to drop him even further. I think he could be a candidate to drop, um, but I do agree with Bryce Young. Now, that being said, I still question his slight frame. He is 5'10". I, I, I do not think this is a sure thing. I think he's the best bet. I think Carolina giving up all that they gave up to go to number one... Is going to take Bryce they Young, have to. They have to. Uh, and I hope for their sake and for Bryce Young's sake he can stay healthy. He's a good kid, but man, he's tiny, um, and he's not a running type quarterback. He is a pocket passer at five eleven and a buck ninety four. Whew, that that's that's dangerous. Okay, let's go to number two, Houston Texans. This is where I think. The draft really starts in terms of chaos. Where do you think they're going?
1: I think Houston. I don't think this is what Houston's going to take. But if I was Houston, this is who I would take. And even though I hate Ohio State quarterbacks, I think they got to go with C. He's the second best quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, albeit, uh, it might be an overrated quarterback class, if you can call it that. But the Houston, you need leadership at that top. And, if, and you can't bank on next year. What are you going to do? You're going to tank this year? What, what if you become a, an, uh, a mediocre team and actually get out of that position? Who's to say that uh, maybe the number tenth pick that you have next year is going to acquire you a quarterback uh, you know, in this standing? I think you've got to take, if you're the Houston Texans, uh, with your franchise in disarray at that quarterback position... You have no choice. You got to take CJ Stroud. although I I think I don't think they're going to take him. I have them
0: taking Will Anderson. I believe D'Amico Ryan sees and hopes that Will Anderson can play kind of the role of Nick Bosa, two different types of players. But getting back to that leadership, I think that's one of the things that you said. Will Anderson has high grades for his leadership ability. I think a defensive minded coach, knowing he has two picks in the top 12. Uses his first pick on a difference-making defensive player Uh, I believe the Texans go will Anderson with the second pick now Arizona with the third pick again I don't I think it's highly unlikely Arizona picks in this spot I think more than likely they're gonna trade out but under this scenario in this position I have the Cardinals taking Jalen Carter with the third pick. I think he is the consensus best player in the draft before the process started. I think he's starting to win some of that support back. I think they've lost JJ Watt. They lost Chandler Jones last year. You put a stud in the middle of that defense. I think it makes everyone better. They may go another defensive route, Tyree Wilson. They may want to go edge before they go inside. If I were them,
1: I'd take Jalen Carter with the third pick. Yeah, that would be a great pick for them. I also think they're going to trade out of this spot, but with it being, uh, you got to take Will Anderson uh, with with Jalen Carter's uh, off the field issues. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, I guess there's reports out there that he really did. He wasn't really. That coachable in Georgia and whatnot, Uh, you got to go with Will Anderson in this position. I mean, like you said, the leadership, everything else stands out there. You got to go with, you know, the bird in the hand rather than two in the bush. Although I think uh, from a player standpoint, Jalen Carter is the best. In this draft,
0: well, see, I had Will Anderson already gone. So, yeah. had Will Anderson still been available for me, I totally agree with right. you. And under your scenario with him being available, I would definitely go Will Anderson over yeah. Jalen Carter as well. Here's where I go: Indianapolis Colts, C.J. Stroud goes to mm-hmm. them. There, I think, um, I think he just fits better there. I think they're desperate. I mean, they have, um, oh, what's his name? The backup, the Jacksonville quarterback. Minshew, Minshew. Yeah, they have Minshew there. I don't think that they're sold on him. Um, They could be roll the dice. I'm hearing a lot of chatter in the last 24 hours that they love Will Levis. So this could be Will Levis at this position. But if I'm going to take one of the top four quarterbacks, he is the most impressive physically, Will Levis. I don't like turnovers. You have Jonathan Taylor already there. You have a good offensive line. I go C.J. Stroud
1: to the in- Indianapolis Colts. Okay, I guess I missed those reports in regards to Will Levis. I have them, the Indiana- but I believe the Indianapolis Colts will pick a quarterback. I have them picking Richardson. I believe they're going to stick with Minshew, uh, Gardner Minshew this year. Let Richardson learn under. He's got the most upside out of all the quarterbacks in this draft. Definitely not ready to play come the, uh, I guess, first first week of next season i think they he learns under the system and they cross their fingers that he is that uh, potential uh quarterback a la aaron uh <coughs> Rogers, and becomes a great quarterback for their future all
0: right so at number five the seattle seahawks I'm going to go with an edge rusher. Uh, I think if Jalen Carter was still on the board, they may go him. But because I have him out already, I'm going Tyree Wilson, defensive edge uh, rusher from Texas Tech to be the... Replacement for Enrusu that has that left them. I think they go defense with the fifth pick.
1: Yeah, great pick. I mean, with with uh, like you said, with Jalen Carter not available on <coughs> on your draft board, uh, I would agree. Take Tyree Wilson. I have Jalen Carter available, and that's where he's going. Like you said, for the very same reason, Seattle Seahawks at five. Take a chance on character issues, and and I really I just hope Jalen Carter can grow up. I think he's been. There are reports out there that saying he's winning over people in this interview. I really hope so. This guy is so talented, so dominant. Uh, you'd hate for him to just uh, waste it, you know, on attitude issues.
0: Well, the fact that the the uh, Seahawks play in the NFC West with the Rams, I hope he continues these attitude <laughs> issues and wrecks the, the Seahawks <laughs> Let's move on to the Detroit Lions and gang. This is would have been my Rams pick, but Detroit has it. And here's the thing: I think I think Detroit's going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. I think they are praying that Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, or Jalen Carter would be available. You put them on that defensive line with Aiden Hutchinson. You've got something special building. I have them all gone already, so I think they go with the next best thing. They just tra- they just traded Jeff. Okuda, I believe they find a, a cornerback replacement with Devon Witherspoon, who is probably the consensus top-rated cornerback. I have Witherspoon to the Lions
1: at number six. Okay, we find, well, other than pick number one, that's where we're going to agree. I agree with you on number six. I believe uh, they just put uh, – they just uh, – the Detroit Lions just brought in uh, Cam Sutton from the Pittsburgh Steelers to fill up that position, but uh, I think they want to go for – uh you know long term future and that's what Witherspoon does he's a big guy good hitter uh you know just a little bit more in my opinion a little bit more upside than Gonzalez from Oregon I like the Detroit Lions like you to take Witherspoon at number 6
0: all right and then let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and again this is one that could go in all kinds of directions oh, yeah. i mean they definitely need defensive help their defense was atrocious last year they have lost the, you know their They traded uh, Darren Waller. They did re-sign Josh Jacobs. Um, Their offensive line was better than expected last year. Quarterback, they signed Jimmy G. But we all know all Jimmy G's injury history. Do they go quarterback here? I'm going to say no. I don't think they would go get Jimmy G just to draft another quarterback right now. I believe they try to find reinforcements for the back end of their secondary. I go with the second best cornerback on the on the board,
1: Christian Gonzalez from the University of Oregon. I for the second pick in a row, I'm going to agree with you there. I don't think those Raiders are going to go. I don't think they're going to do that. Their their history has been so uh, enigmatic. You know, trying to hit home runs when they should be. Uh, you know, just going for base hits over here. Uh, to me, that is, uh, you know, getting Christian Gonzalez, you know, at that position, a very good cornerback out of Oregon, makes the most sense. That Raiders organization just kills me with their first picks. Uh, I think they're going to go somewhere else, but I agree with you, Christian And I Gonzalez. think this is a candidate position
0: for a trade as well. I think the Raiders be.
1: are very, very likely to could move up. I don't think they're
0: sold on any one particular player. And I think there's enough best player available type mindset that they could trade back a little bit for somebody looking to go up and get one of those quarterbacks. So at number six, this is where I'm gonna probably surprise you. He was hot early. Some people have him dropping a little bit now. I'm not sure what the reason is. I believe that the Atlanta Falcons are gonna invest on the defensive side of the ball. They need an edge rusher. The best edge rushers are already gone. I'm going to go with a smaller edge, a linebacker from the University of Georgia. I like Nolan Smith to stay in state and be drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. Might be high, which is why the Falcons may drop down. But under this scenario, I like Nolan Smith to the
1: Falcons. Okay. Okay. I'm a a little high for me. I still have Tyree Wilson available on my draft board. For the same reasons that uh, you mm-hmm. like Nolan Smith in that position, I'm gonna Tyree Wilson will will solidify that edge position for the Atlanta Falcons. I have them available in my draft board. I think that's the only way that they can go. I'd be surprised if Atlanta, uh, unless there's some really uh, weird picks that uh, you know jump ahead in positions one through seven, that that doesn't become their you know their pick for in this 2023 draft.
0: All right, so at number nine, the Chicago Bears have done a lot. Uh, They're the ones that had the number one pick. They traded that out. They've now accumulated some assets on the offensive side of the ball, skill position-wise. They now have a wide receiver room that includes DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Mooney, Cole Komet. I think they're solid there. I like Khalil uh, Herbert, and I believe they signed uh, Jamal Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could be wrong there. So I think they're good there. If you're truly gonna know how good Justin Fields is, you have to protect him. I believe that the only thing that would keep them from drafting an offensive lineman here would be if Jalen Carter or one of the other stud defensive players somehow dropped all the way to nine. But in my scenario, they're all gone. I believe the Bears take who they believe is the best offensive lineman, whoever that may be. For me, it is Peter Skoransky. I think the versatility that he has to play inside, outside, really all three positions. He's from Northwestern, which is from that area. He already has a following. They should know him really, really well. Others like... Um, Parrish Johnson, some even like um, Broderick, Broderick Jones or, or others. But for me, Peter Skronsky, I'll take the smart kid from Northwestern, plug <laughs> him in there in Chicago, and take my chances.
1: Your pick, Ernie? Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, uh, this, uh, a really safe pick. I like them taking an offensive tackle, but I, f- I feel that Peter Skronsky is more suited for the interior line. Uh, at, at number nine, I, I don't know if you go that high for, for interior offensive linemen. I'm having to think who you just mentioned, Broderick Jones, 6'5", 3'11". Uh, arguably number one or two, depending on who you, who you talk to next to Skoransky. Uh, that's what I have uh, the Bears going for.
0: All right, so again, it's just a matter of what your personal preference is. I think with the Eagles, I think the Eagles could do one of two things. I think they could roll the dice, not really roll the dice. They let Miles Sanders walk. This is a spot where Bijan Robinson from Texas could go, and he would fit perfectly with their running offense in that area. However, I'm not sure they're willing to, to invest in him at 10 I believe they go offensive line. I think they have one more year of Kelsey Lane Johnson, maybe one or two more years at best. I believe they draft in their mind who the best offensive lineman is. Pete Skronsky would be perfect for them because he would be able to play inside or outside eventually. But he's gone for me. I have Broderick Jones there. You add a nine, I have him at 10. I believe they invest in offensive line, protect their $255 million investment
1: (laughs) in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, for me, the Philadelphia Eagles are the rich, and the rich just get richer. You're correct in that they lost Miles Sanders, and I think that's where they go. Uh, Robinson is that, uh, you know, not once in a generational running back, but... Pretty darn good running back over the years. Out of Texas, I mean, he is very dynamic. I think, uh, you know, they're comparing, they're not putting uh, uh, what you call it, similarities to Saquon Barkley, but they're saying that he's at least you know the best running back to come out since mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley. So,
0: well, many have him in the top five in terms of overall talent in this draft. Right. It's just a matter of do you value a running back position. Man, if they get him, yeah, I, mean, like, I think that's going to be something that's special. Like I said, for them, because I think he remind you know what he reminds me of Saquon Barky is is different because of his build, his build and his phenomenal speed. Robinson reminds me of your guy Najee G. Harris. Harris. Najee just hasn't had anybody blocking for him. You put Najee with that offensive line in a running game with Jalen Hurts, it would be a completely different story in Philadelphia. I see a lot of similarities between Robinson and Najee Harris. So man, I hope he doesn't go to Philadelphia. That to me that would barring injury, that would solidify them as by far the NFC favorites in oh, yeah. my opinion.
1: Oh yeah. The, to me, strike while the iron's hot, take my, uh Take Robinson over there. Uh, go for go for your repeat. Okay, at eleven, Tennessee. Who do you have? I have, I have uh, them taking an offensive tackle, the best one out there, or the most safest one, like you said. Peter Skoronsky Okay.
0: I, I also have them
1: taking an offensive tackle. I mean, their line
0: is a mess. They lost Taylor Luan. He's moved on. They lost their center. He's now in Cleveland, I believe. Their offensive line is a mess. I believe they have to go offensive line. The best one available, and in many people's opinions, the best one out there is Paris Johnson from ohio state so i believe they go tackle there at 11 with ohio state so let me get to the houston texans at number at number 12 at number two i did not go quarterback because i thought will anderson is the sure thing at that point davis love i think is fine i mean um uh jordan yeah no their quarterback now the one from stanford what is his name at Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, I believe they have a young enough quarterback now that they can survive with. And I think longer term, I think they go with Caleb Williams or or somebody that's coming out next year. So I had them going Will Anderson at two. So at 12, this is where you roll the dice. Anthony Richardson at 12 will get drafted to the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryan was apparently... One of the people who is interested in Trey Lance. And I think there's some similarities between Trey Lance's game and Anthony Richardson's game. Although Anthony Richardson's upside is way higher um, than Trey Lance in terms of his physical abilities. He just blew it out the park. So I think that's where you can take a risk. I have the Houston Texans, Anthony Richardson, quarterback
1: at 12. Yeah, Houston needs a quarter. They really need a quarterback. Uh, Again, I had them uh, taking C.J. Stroud. Uh, I think in this case they protect for the future. I have them taking what who you just sent to the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. I got Paris Johnson in that position. So you have a string of. Uh Offensive line, oh, yeah. just
0: like me I had 3 you had Bijan Robinson in there okay so let's go to 13 and this is where I think it gets interesting because we're still waiting on Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and that trade so if that trade's going to happen and it involves a number 1 pick it's going to have to happen quick it's becoming increasingly likely to me that that's not going to happen yeah. i think both teams are going on the on the inclination that that's not going to happen I believe the Jets, regardless of Aaron Rodgers, need to invest in that offensive line. I don't think they can trust Makai Becton, who's been badly injured for the last couple of years. I think you have to protect whether it be Aaron Rodgers or whether you're gonna go with, um, with the same guy from last year or you're gonna invest in another one. You have to go offensive line. Darnell Wright would be who I pick right here. He may be, a, this may be a little high for him, so they could be a trade down candidate, but I think the Jets go with the best available offensive lineman. They go Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee.
1: Ditto, ditto, diddle. <laughs> Here's the run on offensive linemen for
0: us. Four of the last five picks.
1: I, th- I think that's where the run happens. I think the offensive tackles, right, they're not great. But, you know, they drop off real fast, in my opinion, after Darnell Wright. So that's where I have uh, that's what I have to just take taking. And I agree with you. I don't know about that Aaron Rodgers situation. You might they they might have to uh, run it back again with last year's uh, uh, candidates. So uh, why not build for the future? All right. So at 14, again,
0: gang, this is a reminder. This is who we think we should take. This is who we would take and not yeah. who we think they should take. So at 14, I'm not really confident that the Patriots would pick this person, but I definitely would considering their dearth of offensive skill position talent. Jackson Smith in is available. He's the best wide receiver in this draft. The Patriots need some weapons to help out Mac Jones. I would take Jackson Smith Injiba, wide receiver, Ohio
1: State. Again, we're on the same wavelength on top of this. I think they need that stretchability. I mean, how many receivers has Belichick brought in just to uh, replace them with next year's uh, favorite flavor? I think they need to build this thing from the draft, not from taking other receivers' cast outs or malcontents. I believe they go with the best receiver again, you said. Jackson Smith and Jiba will be the Patriots' pick at number 14 and I think that's very
0: disappointing because I think that the Packers would have loved to have him available at 15 to join the rookies that they drafted last year he's not available but I believe they go with a pass catching tight end the consensus best hands in the in the draft, not the best blocker, not the best two way tight end, no, not but enough. I think the best receiving tight end, Dalton Kincaid, and the Patriot. I mean, the Packers like to use the tight end when they were at their best before, and Aaron Rodgers, and with uh, Brett Favre, they had a great pass catching tight end. They have not really had that recently. I believe the Packers go Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Green Bay Packers at fifteen. I've I've had some.
1: Uh, <clears throat> I've had some uh, some very uh, conflicting uh, picks over here for the Green Bay Packers because because again we know that Aaron Rodgers isn't returning. He's either going to go there or he's going to retire. You know this is the this is the you know this is the love uh, era, and I think they're just going to go into rebuilding mode over here. I have them actually. Uh, in this position, I actually have them taking. Boy, if I can get back into it, Joey Porter Jr. Okay, yeah, cornerback. Well, they have Penn a State. history
0: of always wanting to draft defense. I just think now they can't rely on Aaron Rodgers to bail them out. I think that I think they got to go offense. You go with. What some believe is the best cornerback, even better than the guys that we had going at seven and eight. So that's the Packers. Washington Commanders, that's where I have Joey Porter Jr. going. I have him going right there at 16 to the Commanders. Will Levis is available. They are convinced that Sam Howell, or at least they're convincing, in their commitment to Sam Howell. I don't believe they go uh quarterback here maybe they get involved with the lamar jackson sweepstakes but for now they keep investing on the defensive side of
1: the ball defensive coach joy porter cornerback okay for me the commanders this is going to be my second run this is going to be the the cornerback run which uh, supposedly is the deepest position within the draft not no uh, barn burners like last year when you, when you had uh, Sauce Gardner, but a very deep draft class. This is where the run kind of happens because they're they're kind of close. I have the Washington Redskins taking uh, Deontay Bank, uh, Bank's cornerback out of Maryland uh, to fortify that position for them.
0: All right, so at 17, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this year, gang, making the pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers will be Ernie Muyano. They are flying <laughs> him out to make the pick for them. So, Ernie, uh, where are you going with Pittsburgh's first pick in you know the what?
1: NFL draft? You know, the more I researched on top of this, the more confused I got. They need offensive tackle. They need defensive back. They need defensive line. Uh, they got a whole bunch of offensive tackles, uh, offensive linemen, uh, you know, and linebackers position, you know, in free agency, this 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 was crazy for me. I, I, I think they go back to the position where they can get they can get most value with, and I think with all the offensive tackles going early, they have no choice but to go with the you know the second deepest position, which is cornerback position. They go with a cornerback here, and they take Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, not a big cornerback, okay, but they just they just uh, brought. Uh, who did who did they bring in Patrick Peterson Patrick Peterson they just brought up Patrick Peterson I think he solidifies that uh, Emmanuel Forbes is slight but he's not small he's 6 foot 1 and he is ball hawking I think he's the best ball hawking defensive back I, and I think what puts him uh, below everybody is because he's so small in frame he can build up I think they'll put him into the weight room fill him with proteins and he becomes their cornerback of the future
0: All right. So for me, I think Forbes is, I don't even have him going in the first round, but I understand your logic there. Um, For me, I'm going to stick with the offensive side of the ball. I fully understand that the run on the top uh, consensus offensive tackles are gone. I still believe you have to do that. I think at this point, Pittsburgh trades down. But the fact that they're there, I have them going with Anton Harrison, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Some people love him. I saw him rated as high as two or three in in a few people's uh, top five, but most of them have him at around five or six, which is kind of where we're going now. Uh, It's just a matter of is he worth the 17 pick or not? We'll have to see. Ernie Legg's cornerback. I think with that team developing the way they, they are, their defense is so good already. You start hammering that offensive line until you get it right. I would go Harrison. He would go Emmanuel Forbes. That's his team. So Pittsburgh, listen, listen to her. <laughs> At eighteen, with the Detroit Lions, with their own pick, so with their first pick, Christian Gonzalez, investing in defense, and with the second pick. I'm gonna invest in offense, and they lost, they didn't lose, they traded away their tight end last year to the Minnesota Vikings. I believe they fill that void with Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, who can block, which we need, because Jared Goff needs to be protected, and he can catch. I believe he's a perfect uh, addition to that particular offense. Um, Michael Mayer, tight end. Detroit takes him with the 18th pick.
1: Okay, I think Detroit still invests in their defense. They are 30th, 30th in the league in regards to pass defense. Uh, I think you got to build that and you build that with debt. I think they got some older people that they did bring in. Like I mentioned, Cam Sutton from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they have to fortify that part. I, I, I continue my run uh, on the cornerbacks. I think they take Julius Brents in that position, cornerback. For okay. the Detroit Lions.
0: Okay, so another run in quarterback cornerbacks, and then Detroit also brought in two of the Philadelphia Eagles' defensive backs as well. So they're loaded up on defensive backs. Um, Tampa Bay, where do they go? Can they go quarterback? You know, or are they sold on who they have still there now with Baker Mayfield on a one-year contract? If Bijan Robinson was here, that would be a candidate. Do um, you have him gone? I still have him available. I think Tampa Bay, though, with that defensive coach who wants to be conservative offensively, I think he's going to invest in the offensive line, and I think they take Osiris Torrance, offensive lineman, guard, tackle, out of the University of Florida, staying in state with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19.
1: Okay, I have that. I have Tampa Bay sticking with the defense. I have them taking out the best safety out of that. Uh, Out of this draft class, which is Alabama's Brian Branch.
0: Okay, I have Brian Branch going with the next pick. I think the Seattle Seahawks stay on the defensive side of the ball. They go pass rusher with Tyree Wilson at five. Now they go Brian Branch safety. They had great success with Tariq Woolen at the cornerback position. They're still trying to find that right safety. Um, They've never really been able to find it. They traded two number one picks to the Jets, but that guy has not worked out for them. I believe
1: they replace him with Brian Branch there at 20. Okay, because I had the Seattle Seahawks uh, taking a defensive, uh, uh, going with, uh, what do you call that, a defensive back, uh, I like that pick for you, but I, I have them going also on defense, but this time defensive line. I have them taking Miles Murphy, 6'5, 275, edge rusher.
0: Okay, so you have Miles Murphy and Jalen Carter, so totally bulking up the offensive line for Seattle. Uh, Miles Murphy, great pick there. So, 21, the Los Angeles Chargers. This is where I have Bijan Robinson going. I don't want him to go there because that's (laughs) in the same town, but they're going to trade Austin Eckler. I believe Austin Eckler is going to get traded on draft day. He has permission to be traded. I believe they're looking for a one. They're going to settle for a two or a three, and they're going to replace him with Bijan Robinson, although... Drafting Bijan Robinson, to me, will deflate the value of Austin Eckler because teams will be like, oh, you already drafted his replacement. Why should we give you too much? But I think uh, the Chargers went defense last year. They could go wide receiver here. I just don't think there's a quality wide receiver. When you look at the top talent. Bijan Robinson to me is significantly better than a Zay Flowers or anyone else that could be
1: drafted in this position. I go Bijan Robinson. Okay, I, I do go with wide receiver over here, just because I know that they need wide receiver. I have them taking uh, USC's uh, wide receiver Jordan Addison in this position. Not the fastest guy, uh, not the tallest guy, but uh, you know, very productive and very dynamic uh, person who can. Uh, You know, his tape looked very good. I think, uh, you know, even though his uh, measurables aren't the greatest out there, his tape was good. Uh, Yeah, to me, they look at the tape on top of this. I think that's why he's not rated as high. But I think the Los Angeles Chargers get a good one in this one.
0: All right. So I tend to be one pick behind Ernie. That's who I have the Ravens taking at 22. I believe they went out and they signed Odell Beckham Jr. They have Rashad Bateman. And I think Jordan Addison, that's where he's a great route runner. He's not a speed merchant. But you have OBJ, you have Rashad Bateman, and now you have Jordan Addison added to the mix there. That's where I have the Ravens taking the quarter, the wide receiver you had going to the Chargers. Yeah. By the way, gang, before we get to Ernie, the game is in overtime now. Denver and Minnesota in overtime.
1: Okay, I, I, I agree with you that the Ravens do need uh, a wide receiver there, you know, irregardless if Lamar Jackson comes back or whoever commands that quarterback position for uh, the Ravens, they're going to need a wide receiver. I have them taking Quinton Johnson in that position because uh, Addison went, uh, you know, one pick before. OK, so
0: the other thing that's interesting about the whole Lamar Jackson situation is I think you'll get a really good indication in my draft. Will Levis is still available in yours. He's still available. So if they thought for sure they were going to trade Lamar Jackson, I think getting a quarterback would behoove them Could be. at this point in time. But they didn't. But the Vikings do. I have the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, I think, is on his last year, unless he has a monster year. I think they draft a the quarterback of the future. I think our former Rams offensive coordinator is licking his chops to get that kind of a physical specimen with that kind of a cannon of an arm. Um, I think Will Levis, 23 to the Vikings. However, I, Ernie, I heard today, I alluded to it earlier in regards to the Colts, but his... Draft um, sports betting because you can bet on when people right. get taken. Yes, as of two days ago, he was plus 3,000 to be the second pick in the draft. As of this morning, he's now plus 130. There is a lot of rumors that Will Levis is going to be the second player taken in the draft in some way, shape or form. So I don't think he's going to be here at 23. But under this scenario, he is
1: Vikings take their quarterback of the future. OK, I'm going to get off my topic. I'm going to ask you a question, being that you're a Ram fan. Do the Rams, you know, with their quarterback situation the way it is. Uh, and I believe he's like, what, mid 30s right now, Stafford. Yep. Do they jump into the first round again?
0: You know, I I don't think so. I mean, we haven't had a number one pick in forever. We traded Allen Robinson to your Steelers. We now have $74 million in dead cap money this year. (laughs) I don't think we risk more assets to trade from 36 up to 23 because we'd have to give up next year's number one. And I think that year, this year would have been six. I think next year could be in that same range. And I think we take our chances trading from six to one next year to try to get a Caleb Williams um, than a Will Levis at this point. Now, what I'm crossing my fingers though is that at 36, Hendon Hooker is still available oh, that might be something to do without having to trade true. up he has an acl he's not going to play at the beginning of this year he can sit out red shirt behind stafford and we can see what we got next year um
1: yeah for those of you who don't know hen hooker tennessee quarterback Curtis his acl was projected to go in the first round he was a heisman trophy leading lead, candidate yeah, at the time of yeah, his injury but got injured Good scenario. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking in regards to that. So, who do you have the Vikings taking? I have them taking. Uh, who do I have? Okay, going down my list, I have them taking defensive lineman uh, Kalijah Kansi.
0: I love Kalijah Kansi. He is a Aaron Donald clone from the same school. Pittsburgh. I think I think the Vikings would be lucky to have him. This guy is going to be a stud. His motor is crazy. His production outweighs his physical limitations. He's not Aaron Donald, but he's from that same mold. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that pick for the Vikings. Okay, at 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where I have them going cornerback. I think that's their number one need. You had this guy going significantly earlier, Deontay Banks. I have... Him going into
1: this slot um, here to Jacksonville at 24. I have them going edge in this position. Uh, I have them taking Iowa sophomore. Lucas Van Ness. That's Um, another
0: guy that there's... The range of opinions are so vast. Some have been going like seven
1: or eight. He's a tweener. He's a tweener on top of that. But I think they... I mean, uh, at 275, I think what they think that he can do is lose a little weight, uh, switch from his edge position, actually become an outside linebacker in in that position. And I think he can... uh, you know get more of his speed burst out there and who knows with that uh with that pittsburgh has done that philosophy before changing uh you know defensive ends into outside linebackers and having great success a la joey porter mm-hmm. you know uh they have they've, they've done that a lot so that, that might be the way that jacksonville goes all right
0: so i'm going to stick on the offensive side with the giants at 25. They. Need wide receivers. They lost a the wide receiver. I They invested in their quarterback. I believe the best wide receiver still available at this point for me is Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College. A lot of chatter early on with the Steelers liking this guy that I was reading. Mm. Um, but I don't think they're going to go with wide receiver. But Zay Flowers, a little bit small, but quick, great hands. I
1: think he would fit nicely with the Giants at 25. For me, they lost their center, so I think they take the best center available in this draft. So I I have them taking Steve Avila. Okay, and that, again, believe it or not, I'm one pick behind you. I think Dallas invests
0: in their <laughs> offensive line, taking Steve Avila, who is a center and a guard, guard. has some flexibility there. Last year they bet they invested in a left tackle who's panned out. This year they go inside, they go opposite Zach Martin and an eventual replacement for Zach Martin, Steve Avila to Dallas at 26.
1: Okay, for me, Dallas, uh, they're gonna invest in, uh, they're gonna take the, in my opinion, on, uh, the on paper best linebacker in this year's draft. Uh, unfortunately, it's a kind of an off year for linebackers. But I have them taking Iowa's Jack Campbell in that position. 6'5", 249. I think at that position, taking the best linebacker out of this draft is a good position for Dallas at number 26.
0: All right. Investing more in the defense. So now we're at 27 with the Buffalo Bills, and that's where I have Kelijah Kansi going. Um, I think with the pass rush that they have on the outside, they have Ed Oliver in the middle. I think you inject him. This guy into the middle of that rotation there for the Buffalo Bills, I just think he's too good to fall any lower than 27. Although many still have him in the second round, I have him slotted here to the Buffalo Bills.
1: Okay, I have Buffalo going offense this time. I have them taking who you picked a little bit earlier, Zay Flowers for wide receiver. Okay, at
0: 28, the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe they they have, again, uh, needs on the offensive line, but they've been investing a lot in the offensive line. I think they're going to go defensive line. I think they're going to go interior of the defensive line. This is where I have them taking Clemson defensive lineman Brian Brisey. I think Brise, it fits what they need. They have edge rusters with Henderson uh, and the like. They need to solidify that, that run-stopping defense. Brian Greasy, Clemson to Cincinnati at twenty-eight. Okay,
1: I have Cincinnati going offense. I think more weapons uh, for uh, that team is 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 better. Uh, you know, just to keep that offensive juggernaut going. I have them taking the tight end, the, the you know the first available tight end that you had earlier, uh, Dalton Kincaid. Again, a reminder, not a good blocker. But very dynamic, good pass catcher. I think that's where they go. Well, they would be dynamic adding yeah, dub, him, double to
0: their to their mix there. Yeah. So
1: that that's incredible.
0: I also think Cincinnati is secretly hoping that Bijan Robinson drops all the way down here. I, I doubt because it because I think Joel Mixon is going to be gone um, when we get into the summer months. I think they're going to cut ties there for salary cap reasons. I doubt Bijan Robinson is there, but I think Cincinnati's hoping he is. Now with the Saints, they're picking at twenty nine. They have a number of needs. That's where I have them taking Luke Van Ness um, that you had going a couple of picks ahead. I think they need some edge rush, uh flexibility. Linebacker, defensive line edge. They need all three. Luke Ness could fit in in one, any one of those types of
1: positions. I like him to the Saints at 29. Okay, for the Saints, I actually did a... <laughs> for some reason, I have Miles Murphy listed twice over here. So... Uh, I'm going to have to change that. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, let's just skip. Let's go straight to the Philadelphia Eagles. So at Philadelphia, um, at 10, you had Bijan Robinson. I had an offensive tackle. So I believe Philadelphia invests on the defensive side with this pick. Miles Murphy is who
1: I have. (laughs) Edge rusher um, going to the Philadelphia Eagles at 30. Okay. I also have an edge for the Philadelphia Eagles. I have Nolan Smith going at 30.
0: Right, so Nolan Smith, as you guys remember, I had him going all the way up at number eight. So if they can get him at 30, that'd be a tremendous value. They're loading up on Georgia players with Jordan Davis and the linebacker from last year. You had them taking – no, Broderick Thomas went to the Bears, I think, for you. So, Philadelphia investing in the edge. Kansas City, I have them staying on the edge. I like them to take Will McDonald to play on that outside. I'm not sure Frank Clark, how much more he has in it. I believe they invested last year um, in the Purdue defensive lineman that had a pretty good rookie year. I believe they go Will McDonald on the other side. Edge
1: rusher for Kansas City. Okay, I really don't think that – the. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs will be in this position. I have a feeling that they're gonna have to trade up uh, even though Mahomes had a terrific year obviously winning the you know winning the Super Bowl I think their departure of wide receivers are gonna force them into a position where they're gonna have to pick up a wide receiver. Uh, I just I just don't think that uh, uh, they can get that at number 32. I think they actually trade up but for the purpose of this exercise. Uh, I'm gonna have them take. Who's the best free? Let's just say the whoever the best wide receiver. is. because you
0: had a run. I mean, you took Quinton Johnson. I, I, you had the. You had I know. So I, well, I think Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee would probably be we'll, right in around. We'll go this, with that because I had this I, area. I had
1: him at. Sorry, folks. When I did this draft, I had people in different positions. Uh, I didn't do my self-check on top of this list. So as I move the positions, I'm doubling up on positions. And I actually had uh, Zay Flowers here also, although he went higher in my draft pick. So yeah, we'll go with Hyatt. If he's the best available up there, I think that's where he's going to go. I really think that this is a position where I think the Kansas City, with the riches that they have, I think they move up uh, to once that wide receiver run starts happening. I think that's where they go. Okay, so... That concludes our first round mock. I do
0: wanna touch base with the Los Angeles Rams who pick at 36. I alluded to maybe Hendon Hooker will be there if we wanna invest in the future. I think for the Rams, if they don't have that future mentality and they're trying to get better now, it's strictly best available player. I think at 36, the best available player would be Keon White, edge rusher, defensive lineman from Georgia Tech. I think he fits. Right now, gang, the Rams have Aaron Donald and nobody else on that defensive line. They cut Leonard Floyd. Uh, Greg Gaines signed with Tampa Bay. Uh, Sean Robinson is a free agent. There's nobody left. I believe you have to start giving some support to Aaron Donald, or you might as well trade him too if that's going to be the case. I think Keon White would be my pick there to, to address the edge, but they could go they could go offensive tackle, they could go quarterback with Hendon Hooker, they could go wide receiver now that we've gotten rid of Allen Robinson, but they could go the trenches. But I think, I hope the Rams remember that the trenches really matter and the teams with the best offensive and defensive lines tend to do well. When we were the Super Bowl champs, we had a good offensive line, a great defensive line. We gotta get back to that. So invest in one of the trenches with our first pick at 36. When was the last time that the
1: Rams had a first round pick?
0: I think I was three years old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's been a while. It's,
0: it's it's Jared Goff. In 2016 was the last time the Rams wow. had a number one pick. Because they traded three to get him. And they've traded every, every time since then. So even the time that they had a pick, they traded out of the first round. And they kept trading down and down and down. So the Rams have 11 picks. Albeit... Six of them are in the six and seven rounds, so it's going to be quantity over quality, which this team needs because we still only have like two thirds of a team right now with our salary cap situation. So, gang, tell us what you think. Check us out on social media Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. We don't expect, I would interested to to know Ernie's draft, my draft, which one do you like, which mock draft do you identify with, do you have any picks for your favorite teams you want to share with us to see who you hope your team drafts. I think one thing's for certain, this year's draft is going to be wild and wooly more so than last year and it may not just be trading for quarterbacks it may be trading for other positions that you find that you really need and i think the fact that you have a super bowl team picking at 10 a solid playoff caliber team in the lions picking at six Makes things interesting as well because they both have two picks. They may be able to roll the dice. They may look to trade back and get more assets in future years. So many things can happen, which is going to make this year's draft especially exciting. Because for me, I need to find excitement because the Rams are very much non-participatory members of the NFL draft, especially
1: on Thursday. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I love the draft. Out of all the major sports, I mean, this is number one by far. It's on primetime, uh, you know, for the, for the first round. And then you still get major viewage you know, on the second and the third day for this particular draft. The NFL just does it better better than any other sport. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, that top position, the top three positions are up in the air. You know, he can go a variety of ways, although we both agreed on Bryce Young going number one. I wouldn't be surprised if it went uh, another direction. And just those positions alone, you know, just the way it lands can change the trajectory and the placing of a lot of other teams that fall behind them, and they're right there at the top. So I'm excited for this Thursday. I, I, I can't wait. I can't. Steelers have three picks in the top 49. So, you know, I have them taking wide receiver. They do need offensive tackle, they do need cornerback so I expect that well under
0: your scenario Anton Harrison is gonna be sitting there at thirty two. I, I took yeah. him at seventeen. Yeah. He's still there so you could draft him or, or anyone else. I, I think love, he would I, be tremendous value I would love I pick. would I would love that. I would love that. And then for Hawaii fans we're hoping that the Los Angeles Rams draft Nick Herbig from Wisconsin right? Our St. Louis crusader who turned pro. I've seen him all over the place from a second round pick to a fifth round pick. I think he's going to be solid. He's being compared as a light man. No, as a, as a poor man's TJ watt. Wow. But I think that's because of the JJ watt connection to the university of Wisconsin. Um, I hope the Rams draft him with one of our third round picks. If he lasts that far again, again, Tune in to the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, gang. They have been phenomenal. They are all over the place covering OA softball, OA volleyball, OA baseball. They are just lighting the airwaves up. So much respect for all of them at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And again, you can tune in to Kulei Allen and Paul Brecht, Weekday mornings from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Wake Up in the Den. They do a fabulous job there as well. Again, this is Hawaii Sports Radio, 95.1 FM, 760 a.m. Ernie, anything else? I'm good. All right. Congratulations, University of Hawaii Men's Volleyball. And until next week, where we recap the draft, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.